This podcast is free and it's accessible to everyone thanks to support from listeners like you. If you value this show, please consider supporting its production by donating to our home, KUOW. It only takes a minute to give and you'll be helping to support the production of this podcast. Make a donation at KUOW.org or follow the link in the show notes. And thanks. Hi, everyone. We're all indoors more than we want to be. So we're here to remind you about the amazing and sometimes strange natural world outside to transport you to places of wonder in your minds. So today on The Wild, we're going to bring you something a little different. We're going to explore one question about a species that will reveal the wondrous and unexpected way that nature works. We're calling these episodes Wild Bites, short, tantalizing stories that we hope will surprise and delight you. Enjoy. Dragon, SpaceX, go for launch. Maybe you saw this in the news recently. A private rocket from a company called SpaceX successfully sent two NASA astronauts into orbit. SpaceX Dragon, we're go for launch. Let's light this candle. Ten, nine. This was the first commercially built and operated spacecraft launched from America. A new age in space travel. One, zero. Ignition. Liftoff of the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon. Go NASA. Elon Musk is the billionaire founder of SpaceX. And his vision is much grander than just reaching the International Space Station. His sights are set on Mars. He wants to see a million people living there by 2050. Now you might wonder, what has that got to do with the natural world? Well, the journey on a spaceship out to the red planet is long. Could take months, if not years. One idea to make that ride a bit more bearable and efficient is the use of hibernation. Sleep your way to Mars or beyond. You've seen it in sci-fi movies before. Well, that idea might not be as far out there as it seems, and there's a wild animal and a team of researchers that might hold the clue to making it a reality. Today, how can an Arctic ground squirrel help get us to Mars? From KUOW in Seattle, I'm Chris Morgan. Welcome to Wild Bites. At SoundSide, we bring you news and conversation rooted in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, I'm Libby Denkman. I think of my job hosting SoundSide as, number one, asking tough questions of powerful people, the questions you, KUOW listeners, want answered. And two, bringing you a daily slice of the fascinating, confounding, and often goofy side of life in Washington State. Join me for SoundSide at noon and 8 p.m. on KUOW or anytime on the SoundSide podcast. Before we get to Mars, if you want to learn about hibernation, there's really only one place to go. Nobody but Alaskans can really appreciate hibernation. I don't know, maybe people in Siberia. Yeah, I'm missing Alaska this year with not being able to travel. Dr. Kelly Drew is the founder of Be Cool Pharmaceutics and a professor of neurochemistry at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Way up north in Alaska, Kelly's research focus is on the Arctic ground squirrel. The Arctic ground squirrel is uh, very Arctic adapted, so it has a flat face, virtually no ears, can't see the ears sticking out, very, very little tail. These aren't really the nut-loving, bushy-tailed squirrels you might see at your neighbourhood park. These critters don't climb trees, they live underground and are big. 
for a squirrel. They can weigh over two pounds. They look more like a groundhog. And they're also very photogenic and very cute because of their big brown eyes. And if you're somebody like Kelly who's interested in hibernating animals, you can't find one better than the Arctic ground squirrel. They're one of the more extreme hibernating uh, mammals. They are famous for being able to supercool. Their core body temperature goes below zero when they hibernate. And they can hibernate. They sleep for seven or eight months of the year. They're like the world champs of hibernation. And they could hold the key to human hibernation in space travel. First, you've got to understand how an Arctic ground squirrel hibernates. A squirrel burrows a hole and makes a den just above the permafrost layer. So when he, he go, gets into his little nest, he gets comfortable, um, he starts to sleep, and uh, then his metabolism starts to fall. And he doesn't react and wake up, and it continues to fall, and his body temperature cools. This cool-down state is known as torpor. Torpor is about metabolic suppression. It's a state of metabolic suppression that's often associated with lower body temperature. Hibernation is basically an extension of non-REM sleep, also called slow-wave sleep, and it's body temperature that regulates that sleep. As you lower body temperature, you um, enhance the qualities of slow-wave sleep to the point in hibernating animals where the, the um, amplitude of the EEG signal ultimately decreases to nothing. Wow, that's amazing. And so, specifically, where do the squirrels come in? They're on the nothing side. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to monitor the electrical activity of a hibernating ground squirrel, it would look like it was brain dead. Not all animals are that extreme in their hibernation, but lowering temperature and limiting body functions is a great way to conserve energy. And so the, the best analogy for those of us in Alaska, we can understand that if you turn down the thermostat in winter when it's cold outside, you turn down the thermostat, you immediately save energy. Your heating belt goes down, but your house will also get cold. And so that's really what hibernation is, is that they turn down their thermostat, which, which saves energy. It's how an animal survives the winter or a period with little food. But humans can't drop their temperature like hibernating animals to trigger sleep. So Kelly, who remembers a neurochemist, started to wonder if whatever was in a squirrel's brain could be applied to humans. Well, it turns out there's a chemical in a squirrel's brain that causes it to fall into hibernation. It's called adenosine. And we are familiar with adenosine because uh, it, it, is this, it accumulates during our wakeful periods uh, and makes us feel sleepy. And you can appreciate that because coffee, caffeine, blocks those adenosine receptors. And that's why it wakes us up when we're sleepy. Mm. I'm just going to block some adenosine receptors then. There Cheers. you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole new way to say I'm going to drink a cup of coffee. Exactly. Here's the amazing thing. In her research, Kelly was able to induce hibernation in squirrels in her lab, and she did it by giving them doses of adenosine. It's like a go-to-sleep juice for the squirrels. Next, she set out to see if this adenosine could be used to help people, to induce hibernation in humans. She's not there yet, but the implications are huge. 
you know, people with cardiac arrest, a lot of, you don't recognize that you get resuscitated, but most people then die in the hospital within a week, and that's from brain injury. But cooling um, can enhance uh, survival, al- almost double survival in some, in some studies. Give someone a dose of adenosine to put them into that torpor state, cool the body down, and increase their odds of surviving. Then Kelly got an unexpected call. Um, and at the same time, we discovered this role of adenosine uh, and um, th- found this drug that could induce this hibernation-like state. And it was about then that Spaceworks uh, got in touch with us and we started talking about the human, human hibernation. Spaceworks Enterprises is a company that works with NASA. They were very interested in Kelly's work about human torpor. What, what is human torpor and why is NASA interested in it? Well, you know, it's about putting people into a state of suspended animation um, as an extreme. And, you know, it's the kind of concept that's been in science fiction for decades. What will that look like? Is it a case of taking that chemical from a ground squirrel and formulating it so you can inject it into the arm of an astronaut? Absolutely. Yep. That's uh, where we're moving. Help me picture it. I'm on a spaceship. I'm headed to Mars and I'm going to go into hibernation for the trip. Can you walk me through what that might look like? In my vision, they could take a, a, a pill, um, or if you want d- more better control, it could be hooked up to an IV line for IV drip, and that way you can turn it on, turn it off quickly. Um, and so that would um, facilitate this metabolic suppression. You could picture an astronaut in a cold room, like a pod that could actually regulate their body temperature, back to the thermostat in your house. Now, the astronaut wouldn't be out cold for the entire trip to Mars. They would come in and out of that torpor state. When they warm their body up, they can move around, do any work that's needed, and then take another hit of adenosine and go back under for a nap. A really long nap. I think about at that cold temperature would be about three days, but they would have a maybe a day and a half of transition on both ends. I remember after one weekend I had in my uh, early 20s, I slept for three days, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it had nothing to do with hibernation. <laughs> there are a lot of ways hibernation could help a long journey into space. With zero gravity, astronauts experience a loss of bone density and muscle tone. I can picture them on those treadmills in space trying to prevent that. Well, hibernation could avoid those problems in astronauts too. Bears don't have bone and muscle problems when they sleep for six months. Something Kelly's colleagues are looking into. Well, the the most interesting thing about bears is their body size is closer to humans. Uh, and so that's why they're, they're just a, a more human-like model. But it's a lot easier to study squirrels than bears. One of the main reasons NASA and Spaceworks are so interested in human hibernation is simply to save time and energy and resources. You need less food and supplies if the crew was asleep for half the journey. Imagine if you could do that on a road trip with your kids. It's interesting, too, because it would certainly cut down on the quote-unquote cabin fever. Um, you know, in a small space, a uh, spacecraft, it's, it's going to be tough. You run out of things to talk about after a while. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like any scientific research, this work seems to bring up more questions than answers. I was going to say, it's all of this stuff, it's not really like the movies, is it? But it actually kind of is. 
It is, yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I think we have to be inspired by science fiction writers because they're the ones with the vision. And now we just have to figure out how to make it work. It's a fine line between science fiction and science fact. But what's clear is that so many of these ideas and solutions come from nature. Another good reason to learn about and love the planet we live on right now as we head into the depths of space with a little help from the Arctic Ground Squirrel. Dr. Kelly Drew is the founder of Be Cool Pharmaceutics and a professor of neurochemistry at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. And one more thing Kelly told me. I thought parents might be especially interested. Hamsters also hibernate. Uh, everybody should have one as a pet and watch it hibernate. <laughs> but um, don't bury them if they're not moving. You're not dead till you're warm and dead. <laughs> A very special thank you for their kind financial support to Ellen Ferguson, Jill and Scott Walker, Anna Kimball, John Taylor, and Annie Mize. The Wild is inspired not just by nature, but by people who work in it, love it, protect it. We have more information on our website, thewildpod.org. The Wild is a production of KUOW in Seattle, Wildlife Media, and me, Chris Morgan. Our producer is Matt Martin. Jim Gates is our editor. Our production team includes David Brown, Juan Pablo Chiquiza, April Craig, Tio Popescu, Mariah Powell, Brendan Sweeney, and Jeannie Yandel. Our theme music is by Michael Parker. I'm your host, Chris Morgan. Thanks so much for listening, and take care. At SoundSide, we bring you news and conversation rooted in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, I'm Libby Denkman. I think of my job hosting SoundSide as, number one, asking tough questions of powerful people, the questions you, KUOW listeners, want answered. And two, bringing you a daily slice of the fascinating, confounding, and often goofy side of life in Washington State. Join me for SoundSide at noon and 8 p.m. on KUOW or anytime on the SoundSide podcast.